Jesus, I thank you for this man. I thank you for what he has to share. Thank you for the preparation that has gone into today. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would use every single word for your glory, for your good. I pray for clarity of thought and clarity of mind. I pray for wisdom. And I pray for understanding for every single one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Hello. Okay. Thank you, Nick. You know, you never come prepared for such kind words. It's like the one thing that you don't prepare for is those kind words. So thank you so much for the kind words. And I have to say, uh, in the last uh, two years ago, when I first came, I mean, three years ago, when I came onto the team, uh, being underneath you has been an absolute privilege uh, as you led me, as you taught me, as you guided me. And so thank you so much. And uh, good morning, Anthem. Um, It's so great to be with all of you today. And uh, for those who don't know, my name is Sile Masana. I still, every time, every time that happens. And, and so just a, a quick lesson on my name. So, uh, <laughs> no, not, not that lesson, but Sile. Sile means that we are beautiful. And I have to say from this angle, Anthem, you look so beautiful. And uh, so I'm on staff here. I have the privilege of being on staff here. And uh, I fulfill the role of being the marketer or digital marketer of the church. And so I work on different things like the graphics, websites, uh, social media, etc. And I say that because I've started to notice that people actually don't know what I do here. And some of you have seen me on stage a few times and uh, you guys don't know what I do here. And I'll give you an example. Um, A couple of months ago, a few of us had uh, a dinner at Auntie Rita's house. And yeah, yeah, Auntie Rita. And uh, uh, at the dinner, Rita turned to uh, uh, Zay and, and, and Chris Bartel. So Zay led us on worship today, and uh, Chris Bartel is one of our worship leaders. And she looked at them and said, thank you for leading us in such wonderful worship. And then she looked at me, and she said, thank you for being there. <laughs> and, 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 and so that is why I tell you guys, I do the marketing here at church. That is my role here at the church. And uh, be- before I start, I just want to show you guys a picture of my family. Can you just go to the next slide? There we go. That's a picture of my family over there. Here's a challenge. Try and spot me. <laughs> I- I- I'm joking. So that's a picture of my family. There's my dad and my mom. Names are mom and dad. That's my brother, Ryan. That's my sister, Carla. And uh, that's my wonderful family. And so you're probably wondering, what does this have to do with my preach? Absolutely Nothing. You see, I heard from another preacher that if you show people a picture of your family, apparently they trust you more. So I hope that you guys will trust me more today. So at the moment, we're in a series uh, called Save 4. John kicked us off last week. Uh, It was an absolutely great message. If you missed it, I really encourage you guys, go check it out on Facebook, YouTube. It's on our Church Center app. If you don't have the Church Center app, Go to the back, find a QR code, download it, and be part of the community. And so uh, last week, we kicked off the series. And um, like what John said, uh, we often speak about what we are saved from, so the problems and the nature of the world, and what we are saved into, the kingdom. But we never really speak about what we are saved for, what is our purpose. And so this series is highlighting our purpose. Last week, we spoke about belief. Next week, we're speaking about our work. And today, we're speaking about our commission. And so there was a study done in 2018 that about 51% of churchgoers in America do not, have not heard of the Great Commission. 
51 percent done in 2018. You see that 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 number it seems scary, but at the same time it's not scary because that could mean there could be a high number of new believers, and that is a victory right there. And so I just want to go straight into it. I want to jump into some scripture and let us read the Great Commission together in Matthew 28, verse 16 to 20. It says, "Then." The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all, the, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So now we've read the Great Commission together, but like I said, 51% of people haven't heard of it before, and I'm, I'm sure the stats are very similar in this room, where 51% of people may have never heard of it. So I just want to pray that, Father, today we would come and we would learn. We'd learn about your word, Father. We'd learn about the Great Commission and have a better understanding together as we do it as a family and as we do it as a community. We ask this in your name. Amen. So in, in verse 18, you see that all authority on, on heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus, right? So that means that Jesus has now become our commander-in-chief, which means that he is now giving us our mission. And the church is to fulfill that mission. You see, it says, Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations. I'm going to break this down. I'm going to break down this whole scripture into four parts. And the first part is, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. It doesn't say, go and make churchgoers. It doesn't say, go and convert people. It says, no, go and make disciples. And you see, what is a disciple? Like I said, a lot of us haven't heard of this scripture, so you may not know what is a disciple. A disciple, simply put, is a follower of Jesus. You see, they're students that learn the way of Jesus and align their lives with the, life, with the life that Jesus lived. And you see, we can read about when Jesus first, first called his first disciples in Matthew 4, verse 18 to 20. It says, One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers called Peter and Andrew throwing a net into the water for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left the nets at once and followed him. You see, in this verse, we can see three components of every disciple. A disciple, like I said, simply put, follows Jesus. A disciple is someone that follows the person that Jesus is himself and walks in his way. You probably ask, what is the difference between a disciple and a Christian? A disciple is committed to Jesus. You see, I'm 23, almost 24, and for the last seven years, I've been a follower for Jesus. But before that, for 16 years, I would have called myself a Christian. You see, if, if someone came up to me and asked me the question, what religion are you? I would say, I follow Christianity. Do you believe in God? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure someone created all of this. Is Jesus your Lord and Savior, and do you follow him? That would have been a very hard one for me to answer back then. That's would be my stumbling block. So a disciple is someone that is committed to following Jesus. The second point, disciples fish for people. 
See, at the time, uh, Jesus was busy talking to fishermen, uh, a fisherman on a boat, and he gave them a new purpose. You see, they're, not just, they're no longer just fishing for fish, but they're fishing for people now. And so that, what that means is that when we start to commit to Jesus, we no longer push away the people of this world. We don't push away the people that are lost. Because being, being lost is okay because they don't know the truth yet. And the third thing, what a, what a disciple is, is that a disciple has fellowship with others. And I just want to highlight in the beginning of, of that verse, it said, uh, when Jesus was calling out to the fishermen, he, he called them. He called them. And it's so common that in today's culture, people say, I'm spiritual, so I don't want to go to church because that seems religious. You know? I worship God or speak to God in my own time. But as humans, we're built for community. You see, there's a reason why social media apps thrive, like Instagram and Facebook. There's a reason why Facebook groups and WhatsApp groups are so active. We are built for community. There's a reason why us as Anthem, we're not just a Sunday church. Yes, we gather Sunday after Sunday, but we're more than just a Sunday church. Our, our property is open during the Monday to Friday. It's open for anyone to come and be, be on the property, to enjoy your coffee on the property. We have events during the week. We have sisterhood. We have, uh, we have sisterhood events. We have life groups. We have uh, recovery groups. We have a lot of things happening because we are built for community. So now I've told you what a disciple is. And you're probably wondering, okay, so the verse says we need to make disciples. So how do we do that? How do we make disciples in 2022? It means to invite them and have a meaningful conversation with them. You see, invite your Christian and your non-believer friends into your home. Invite them to have a coffee with you. Invite them into your space. Invite them to sit with you at church. You see, we, we, we need to have those conversations. And when I say meaningful conversations, I'm not only saying, let's, let's only speak about the Bible and Scripture. Yes, that plays the biggest role in making a disciple, but people are struggling at the moment. We need to have those hard conversations with people. Uh, the stats say that globally, about 5% of adults are struggling with depression right now. And so we really need to start having those conversations with people and inviting them into our spaces. The second way for us, the second step for us to make a disciple is that we need to start to invest in them. Spend some good quality time with them. You see, tell them about the good news and help them correct their missteps so that they can align their lives with the way that Jesus lived. You see, we always want to make sure that the good news is spoken about and you always want to make sure that we understand the good news. And so I really encourage you, when you make disciples, invest some, time, some good quality time with them. And the third part is that we empower them to do the same. We empower them to go and make disciples. You see, like I said, I've been saved uh, for almost seven years now. And uh, yes, it was my, my friend Caleb who took me to church for the first time. But when I think about my, my journey of discipleship, I have to honor a man. He's not in this room, but a man, a man named Matthew Torrance. He, he was my first youth, youth pastor, and, and he was someone that was making disciples at the time. And you see, he was someone that 
would invite us. He, he's someone that would invite me and Caleb into his space. He's someone that invites us to sit with him at church, who invites us to youth leader meetings, who invites us to, to be with him because he was making disciples. And then he would invest some good quality time with us. I remember, so I didn't only see Matt on a Friday at youth and on a Sunday at church. I saw him during the week. I, I was at Northwood during the time, and he came. He joined the Northwood SEA just so he can invest some time into us. He, he would show up to our rugby games on a Saturday just to invest some good quality time with us. He would have hard conversations with us to invest some good quality time with us. We spoke about anything. We spoke about scripture, the good news. We spoke about our futures, our struggles. He was someone that was looking to invest some good quality time with us. And then he empowered us to do the same. You see, I haven't spoken to Matt uh, probably in about five years. So he moved, so uh, I spent about a year in his church and the year after he moved overseas to go play some rugby in Canada. And uh, we haven't really kept contact since but he, he has no idea that I do this. He has no idea that I, I work for a church. He has no idea that I'm preaching right now. But, but he, he empowered me to do the same. You, you see, in 2015, uh, my friend Caleb and I, uh, we, we launched our life group. And um, I, I remember our first gathering. So Matt helped us launch our life group. And our, our first gathering, there was three people. It was me, it was Caleb, and it was Matt. So it was a very awkward, like, oh, we invited like 50 people, but there's three of us here. And um, Matt said, I'm going to be with you guys for a few weeks, and then after that, I want you guys to run this life group. Don't worry, I'm going to be there to help you. I'm going to help you with scripture. I'm going to help you with notes. I'm going to help you with everything that I can help you guys, but I want you guys to run this life group. So that's what Caleb and I did. We met week after week, and eventually... We grew from three boys at the beginning of 2015 to 20 boys at the end of 20, 2016. And so we were able to start creating this culture within the Northwood BE where the boys would walk, they would not, not far walk, but they would walk from the BE to be part of the life group. And so at the end of, at the end of 2016, when we had 20 boys, we were filled with boys that were believers, with boys that are non-believers, with boys that were just curious and just wondering what is happening, which was the amazing amazing part, that because Matthew had empowered us to go and make disciples, we were doing the same. We went, and we, do, and we were doing the same. And then Jesus, and then Jesus says, uh, uh, Jesus follows and says, now we must, we must take the disciples and b- baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You see, now we've learned about what is a disciple and how do we make disciples, And now he tells us to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. You see, baptism is such a beautiful symbol of new creation. And and what happens is that when you're baptized, when you're being immersed in the water, it's it's a picture of you dying of yourself. You're being put into the grave and you're dying of yourself. And when you're being raised out of the water, that's you coming into new life. It's such a beautiful picture, and if you've been part of Community Day, like we said, we have Community Day coming up soon. Uh, if you've been part of our Community Days in the past, you would have heard um, uh, John, John say that uh, what we're about to do looks a lot like a marriage, and that's because it is. It is a commitment that we are making. It is a commitment that we're making to Jesus to follow him. So as a follower, we, we, we believe that uh, we believe that our God is three in one. 
I'm sure you guys have all heard this song, Our God is Greater, Our God is Stronger. And I'm not a good singer, but Our God, our God is three in one. And um, <laughs> Dex will help me afterwards. And uh, He is the Father, He is the Son, and He is the Holy Spirit. And those, those, those three characters play such a significant role leading up to our salvation. You see, the Father called you, the Son died for you, and the Spirit convicted you. Now that you are saved from sin, the Father, called you, the Father calls you His Son, the Son calls you His brother or sister, and the Spirit calls you His temple. Isn't that such a beautiful picture? So when Jesus tells us that we need to go and make disciples of the nations and baptize them in the name of in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, he's saying that the disciples we make need to die of their old self and live for him and live by faith for him. You see, in Galatians 2 verse 20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God and who loved me and gave himself for me. Like I said, the disciples we make need to die of their old self and live with faith for Christ. So then Jesus follows and says, teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. You see, the strategy, the plan of Jesus during his earthly ministry, that was his plan, to teach us his commands. You see, it's so important for us to understand, for us to understand as a family that, uh, that when disciples are made, when the gospel is believed, and when men and women are baptized, that is the beginning of the work. That is the start of the work. You see, there's a lifetime of teaching to grasp the commands of Jesus to his disciples. You see, us as disciples, we're students. We're students. And what do students do? They learn. And that's what we need to keep doing as a church. We need to keep learning the ways of Jesus. We need to keep jumping into Scripture and learning His Word. We need to have those conversations with one another so we can learn His Word and have a better understanding. And then Jesus says, And surely I am with you always to the very end of age. He also makes a wonderful promise here. He says, he says that He's going to be with them forever. And when he was on earth in his ministry, he was only able to be in one place at a time, but now through his church, he will be in millions of places by his Holy Spirit. And so in this verse, so in this verse the Great Commission, it tells us that the church must go and make disciples. You guys have probably heard of the expression that it takes a village to raise a child, while it takes a church to make disciples. And so I encourage you, Anthem, that that is what we need to do. You see, the church must continue to make disciples, inviting them to learn all the ways of Christ, including the mandate, go and make disciples. And at the very end of the age, we want them to find us doing that. We want Jesus, when he comes back, to find us making disciples. So as a church, Jesus commanded us. He has given us a mission. Go and make disciples of all the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Could you please stand with me?